Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. My name is Matthew Neugebauer. It is November 13th, 2017 here in... It was overcast. It's Toronto. Suburban Toronto. It was overcast. It was fine. Uh, indoors. Talking to you about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm back. I am... Oh, so sorry about the, the month-long hiatus. It was unplanned, but needed to address some things, and they are in the process of being addressed. Um, and so we come back to talking to you about Star Wars and gearing up to The Last Jedi. We got a lot of things, a lot of things happening. Uh, tonight was the season finale, or sorry, the mid-season finale of Star Wars Rebels, and I'll comment on that a little bit. Uh, I had said I want to talk about uh, comics and comic books. It's one of those things where it's this such this constant rhythm that I uh, realized, oh, I've been Star Warsing about them <laughs> for since since January of 2000, uh, 2015. Actually, probably earlier, even back into the Dark Horse. Anyway, I'll get into that. Um, a few little bits of housekeeping First of all, uh, yeah, again, sorry about the hiatus. Um, I'm back. Secondly, so Podient, uh, the the website that that's hosting all these this wonderful podcast, um, they've approved me for a community membership. So they needed to. They realized they were having a lot of uh, storage size bandwidth, other issues, technical issues that I'm not too familiar with, but kind of had the gist, but anyway, so that what they needed to do was assess who are they going to charge money for and who are they going to still let have a free account. And, um, and so what was great about that was I applied for a community account. It, it, uh, required me to write a statement, which I should, I was going to do anyways, but it required me to write a statement about what, uh, this podcast I'm hoping for with this podcast. And, I mean, the reminder is, is this is about addressing communities and bringing communities together. And my vision long term is to be a voice for a voice of, of just talking about Christian parallels and um, bringing these, these insights into Star Wars fandom and uh, you know, engaging pop culture in the church and uh, seeing how we can have a dialogue between these two communities that it's not that there's so much antagonism anymore. It's they just don't have much to do with each other, except that there are a lot of diehard Star Wars fans among, especially mainline Christians, but not just mainline Christians. And, you know, even seeing on, on some of the Facebook pages, there's, uh, some people, some Lutherans and some others are coming out of the woodwork on, uh, especially the Collider Facebook page, some people from other so other Christian denominations and, and churches, but certainly people of other faiths as well. Um, and so it was good to, 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 to write that description that I finally got to. And yeah, they approved me because it's about building communities and bridging communities and Whenever you can say something's interdisciplinary and bridging, then uh, there, there, there's hopefully that kind of creative innovation that that comes along. So thank you again to Podient for approving me. 
Uh, thank you, my listeners, for listening and tuning in. Um, so, how am I Star Warsing? Uh, yeah, so it's over the last month. So I finished from a certain point of view. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, just kind of recall my 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 feelings about it while I was partway through. I already knew it was a very enjoyable book. Uh, a lot of different angles and really interesting going into um, different perspectives. Some it was hit or miss to some degree. Um, the I think a lot, a lot of reviews have said, you know, spend way too much time on Tatooine. Over half the book is on Tatooine, and a good chunk is in the Mos Eisley Cantina, which is interesting because um, the concept for it comes from things like Tales of the Mos Eisley Cantina and Tales from Jabba's Palace and uh, getting to the, the nefarious groups and whatnot. So, uh, did Han shoot first? Uh, it doesn't say. Um, but oddly enough, one of the things that looks at different angles, uh, I thought, in that, I thought uh, Wooher, the barkeeps, his story was interesting, especially as a good bridge back to the prequels. He, it's a, it's a his fear of droids, his, his distrust of droids is because his uh, family, when he was a kid, you know, droid separatist droids came and attacked his home world, and that was that was an interesting uh, moment. I'm trying to recall who wrote that, but uh, it was an, uh, an author who who's might have been Chuck Wendig. Uh, I'm not, I'm gonna have to check that, but um, so but my favorite. I think I mentioned this also. Claudia Gray, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's Force Ghost, coming to talk to Obi-Wan. Um, another one, a surprising one, was uh, the Dianoga story called The Baptist. And there, there's a great uh, great parallel there because they called The Baptist because uh, the author, Nettie Okorafor, she imagines... The Dianoga, the creature in the in the, the the trash compactor, not trying to attack Luke, but actually to draw him down under the water to communicate with him through the Force, and to say, uh, you know, to discern who he is and try to fulfill, motivate him to fulfill his destiny, and that that was that was really fascinating. So closer to what we understand by baptism. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so definitely a fun read, an interesting read. Um, I like the way they they put the had the Battle of the Avon and they explored different angles of it, uh, both in space and on the ground, and gave gave Wedge a good uh, a good uh, story for those who are worried about him being a, copping out by pulling up of the battle. He what he didn't actually he ended up redeeming himself. Well, yeah, nothing. There was nothing for him to redeem. I should say he 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 was hit. Luke says pull up, you know, but for him in his own eyes, um, redeemed himself in his own eyes. So, um, I recommend you check it out. Uh, other ways I'm Star Warsing. I mean, again, Rebels finished tonight. Uh, at least this, again, it's not it's not the season season finale, the series finale. The mid-season finale, and um, it's really coming to its own. This show, it's 
I can't say enough. It really, um, especially when we've gotten to the Lothwolves and starting to delve into at least hinting at the connection between that Lothal has as a planet with the Force. And they've come back to Lothal. And I, and I don't mind the fact that they have some people who are all, oh, no, they're going to be on Lothal for a while. No, I, I didn't mind that. I think um, they, they've certainly teased that there's something deeper about this planet going on that actually may end up being Saga-defining, uh, having its mark in the way that a lot of Clone Wars stories had their mark on the saga. Um, the ways in this, which is shows having its mark on the saga, of course, in the formation of the rebellion. And um, some of the most interesting, one of the most interesting episodes is, so we get to see the, the split between Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma. And we get to see Mon Mothma be, uh, become the leader that we know she is. Um, well, she's already the leader, but we get to see her more directly uh, taking charge with, with the rebellion. And um, and I just watched uh, Alex Damon's review on Star Wars Explained about this last episode, and just the the way the the rebels, you know, the experiences they have in this in this season um, influence that. Surpri- what I was surprising moment in Rogue One, where uh, the around the the council table, well, it's the it's the the room, the situation room, but when they say they debate it and they say no, we can't, <laughs> we can't agree, and um, they don't actually end up authorizing a mission to to Scarif, and we can see we're gonna see and starting to see why they're so hesitant and why they're so unsure and of course that has ripples through to uh, Leia and Mon Mothma in uh, the Aftermath trilogy about uh, and, you know, and Mon Mothma and the rest of the Senate and the New Republic uh, in, in sending an armed force to Jeddah or not to Jeddah to uh, Jakku um, we definitely that has ripples this is a theme that's actually they've developed throughout and even just in the last few years, it's something that's this pattern that's repeated in history of, um, so when we see it with bloodline and Leia and the, the Republic again, needing to confront the first order threat, uh, this pattern of there's this real threat out there and Leia especially wants to go take the fight. Um, of course in Rogue One, it isn't Leia, it's, it's, uh, it's Jyn Erso and, uh, you know, funny, I, I just picked up a, uh, Disney store, uh, $5 diecast medal because Rogue One was almost a year ago. And yeah, anyway, um, yeah, sorry, my, my pattern of thought here, Generous is the one who wants to go and fight. And of course my Mothma in that case, she wants to go too, but, um, yeah, so Rebels is going to show why they're hesitant, uh, especially, you know, with Saw's element not present. Um, but we you know again with the Lothwolves and, and Lothwolves and Ken and Ezra exploring this mysticism. Um, my favorite episode so far is uh, these hinting, showing these cave patterns and hinting that something happened maybe a few centuries ago. Uh, in in terms of the Jedi's relationship with the planet and um, 
if that is that going to have implications going forward. I still do wonder if there there's still room to set up um, going to the unknown regions and, and something to do with Thrawn and Ezra. Um, remember, I think I forget where I heard this pointed out. I think it could have been the Jedi Council and Clutter, but Thrawn isn't actually committed to the Empire as, as uh, existentially. He's existentially committed to his people, the Chiss. He's just hanging out for mutual support. Potential mutual support. Like, the, you know, the, the a friendship counseling group. Mutual, mutual defense. Um, possibly to counteract this other... This is in the Throne novel. To, uh, this other uh, entity more dangerous in the Unknown Regions... Uh, who we're, we're thinking is likely Snoke, but um, you know, and and of course Snoke is Snoke, but there is a tie there to. Well, what if, what if Thrawn actually sees? Well, hold on, Palpatine isn't interested in actually defending. He's maybe even communing with Snoke and discovering the the contingency and Thrawn discovering the contingency and. What if he's, as I look up at my Black Series, the beautiful Black Series uh, figurines of, of, of Thrawn. Um, what, if, what if he says, Thrawn says, hold on, um, I, I'm going to actually defect, no, or not defect, but go back to my people. And um, he sees in Ezra yet another Eli Vanto, yet another... Uh, <clears throat> Someone from from the, the the main Star Wars galaxy, a human who has so much potential and can actually go and um, help the Chiss. Is, uh, as spoiler alert, the way the Thrawn novel ends. So, uh, the, there's still some interesting things going forward. Um, they'll touch on a bit of news. I don't. There's nothing much to say in terms of. The biggest news, namely the the new Ryan Johnson trilogy that was announced, um, and then the, the TV series for the live action TV series, uh, the, the trilogy. Um, I mean, I was actually wondering. It's a, so the press release says it's going to be an area of Star Wars lore that they haven't explored yet. I uh, I, I don't. We don't know what that is by definition, <laughs> right? I'm hoping it may be the Chiss. But I mean, I haven't read Outbound Flight yet. I haven't read much. I've only—I'll—I'll I'll confess, I've only read the the graphic novel versions of Zon's original trilogy, uh, the, the Great Throne trilogy back now in Legends. Um, and so, maybe more of that lore has been explored, such that uh, he, he doesn't count in the, for the press release. Maybe not. I mean, here's the funny thing: is they are when the things they're releasing, the things they're doing, they like it to connect somehow with what other things they're doing. So, for example, that's uh, why you know all this the the lead up the the road to Force Awakens, the journey to Force Awakens, and the journey to the Last Jedi. So they release a a, a book about Leia, about a teenager Leia who's set two years before. A New Hope in Rogue One. The whole point there, it has to tie into Rogue One, New Hope, and 
there are clear ties to the to the last Jedi. We have we have Crate, we have Emmeline Holdo, we have um, just Leia learning how to lead and be a general, and we do see that in the original trilogy. We know we're going to see a lot a lot more in the Last Jedi. We would have seen it in Episode Nine if Carrie Fisher had had stayed with us. Um, and sadly, we won't see that. <coughs> Although, uh, what we do see in that's even hinted at in the comics, uh, in the Poe Dameron comic, is that Poe is actually going to take on that mantle. <coughs> so, um, yeah, and and so anyway, we're getting back to to the the film trilogy. Um, yeah, we I don't know. We I honestly don't have any kind of thoughts. Episode Old Republic that would be cool. Um, who knows? Uh, might have to do with Luke going off on adventures. Although that might be the 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 film series. Um, everybody keeps throwing out the the bounty hunters underworld thing. I'd wait and see <coughs> what they're gonna do with that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, you know, it, it's cool they did in Clone Wars with those guys is pretty cool. I got a little. So the reason I'm I'm pointing to all my action figures, I got a Cad Bane, one of those vinyl plastic bank things here. The reason I'm pointing to all my figures is because I moved them down to where I record. So I'm looking around. And if you follow me on Instagram or or Twitter, you can actually see photos of what I posted. It's pretty cool. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know about the bounty hunter thing. It could be cool. It could be fun. But... um, yeah, I, I'm I'm still more interested in that's the thing, is you can't get too far off the off the the main the beaten path. Uh people this this brings up this whole uh small universe question and uh people really criticized the prequels specifically uh one of the big complaints was it made, I heard they made the universe so small. It was um, about these of the, these handful of characters as if they could decide the fate of the galaxy. And really, there's so much other things going on. And uh, we why did we go back to Tatooine and all this stuff? And um, real and, and gradually we kind of understand. Well, the film, the saga films, the episodes are. The Skywalker saga, um, at least for now, they are, um, and and even you know we don't know Ray is probably not a Skywalker. We know, of course, uh, Kylo Ren is, um, Leia is, Luke is. So the I mean, of course, my whole point in the podcast is I'm hoping it's still the legacy of Anakin Skywalker as the chosen one, but well, <laughs> set aside that question for now. Um, so, anyway, so, my point there is, if they're going to go far afield, um, maybe, maybe this is, this comes to what I prefer. I prefer they do Old Republic or something, which you could say, well, of course it can't be in terms of 
you know, things that we're familiar with. But I hope it talks about familiar places. That's the thing is, uh, when I was, when Force Awakens came out and heard about all these new planets, I was like, well, do we, do we really need all these new planets? Now I've become more familiar. And I realized, well, when Episode 1 came out, there was Naboo and more of Coruscant. That, I mean, Naboo was completely new. And Coruscant we hadn't seen in the original trilogy. and um, But they still gave us Tatooine. And, um, and so... <coughs> sorry. So, um, yeah. The whole argument about making the, the galaxy too small or too big... I just want coherence. I want to feel like this is a shared universe. Because um, they were actually, I think for, for for the first bit of the new canon, they were actually pretty allergic to having people come across each other and having people interact uh, across platforms. And I understand that to some degree in that, um, especially with the thing Rebels, I mentioned this in the Rebels uh preview episode I think the rebel struggled with of course was needing to tell the actual story the, the these characters their stories their own stories and um couldn't have it be laden down with character we needed to, we needed to be invested become invested in these characters and if they just gave us the fan service of characters that we've already been invested in then uh that would be uh you know, that would, wouldn't let us invest in this new story and these new characters. It would just be a holdover, and it would just be fan service. And so I get that. Um, there still needs to be connective tissue because we're invested also in the mythology as a whole. We're invested in uh, I mean, this idea, this fictional idea, but that comes from Buddhist Taoist. And I'd say Augustinian Christian metaphysics uh, in this kind of weird hybrid that kind of bump, things bumping up against each other in the real world. But the, the, the force is this galactic providence that binds us all together. Um, that still needs to be familiar, um, whatever they do. But we have, but I mean, well, here's the funny thing is coming back to the comics and I want to go further into the comics uh in a minute uh we the the funny thing so maybe they already know that this is what they're doing um because the dr afro comic already has touched on these ancient these perspectives of ancient uh things going on the, the uh, ordo aspectu and um <laughs> different Goings on this Jedi named Roar and you now the Eternal Roar are you are, um, so so maybe if that's where they go, I really hope that's where they go. Um, there's always the question of why do they choose that? I I, I think that doesn't that isn't really a big problem, right? I and mean, people say, I mean, you're going back in time, so there isn't the problem of. Well, I'm confused. Who is this person? Where is this backstory from? Um, what we have in the Afro comic is, of course, simply a these interpretations, reception, if you will, of events that happened how many millennia in the past. Um, Rebels have talked about 
both Malachor and with uh, the Clan Vizsla and the Mandalorians. So there are also already, I mean, if you go to the Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia page for the Old Republic, there's actually a fairly extensive article of things in the new canon that we already have. So it'd be good if that's where they went. Um, so, so yeah, so that's my thoughts on, on the, 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 the film trilogy and the, all those things that can come out. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see obviously <laughs> when they announce what they announce. There isn't going to be a celebration next year. So seeing 2019, I mean, that makes sense. Although, you know, they, they snuck this one under the wire because <laughs> I was, I was seeing, uh, Thor Ragnarok and, <laughs> Uh, I turn my phone back on after, and I see new trilogy. So okay, um, just on Thursday night, <laughs> middle of November, beginning of November. So, so yeah. So that, those are my thoughts. So let's let's talk about the comics. Um, and but first, I want to I do want to still step back and say, where do the comics fit in terms of? canon and our canon reception if you will um i don't mean biblical reception of canon but uh so there was a uh a post in the collider jedi council facebook page which i i i i post there more than on the full of Sith facebook page i don't it's just a more active group um and the thought came up you know okay so disney with this new canon, everything's level. Everything's equally canon. Um, any kind of contradictions are either, if you're in a certain point of view, they're intentional because it's a certain point of view. Uh, and the, there's one that stands out, but I completely understand it. I, I can completely headcanon it. <laughs> um, or it was an accidental slip-up that they, they'll address. Um, well, the, the, who knows? They can smooth over. But... The idea, the theory is that everything is equally canon. And um, I'm actually not, I don't think it's actually that simple. Um, I What I think is things we can see visually are actually more directly canon. Um, novels, other than from a certain point of view... Uh, than some parts of a certain point of view and Legends of Luke Skywalker which came out and I'm not actually going to read that one. I'm going to read Phasma I just got it. Uh, <clears throat> Legends of Luke Skywalker things like that uh, they're even more vaguely canon because uh, they're well Legends of Luke Skywalker for example is we know it's stories people had about Luke uh, by the time of The Force Awakens and so these myths and ideas that had percolated throughout the galaxy. Um, I'd say, so, th so that still makes the films the most accurate canon. And what I mean by accurate is I mean, the way the story group is, the Hubble Hidalgo's explained this on Twitter is um, there's actually all the media we see isn't, this is this interesting postmodern, Jack Derrida thing going on here. All the things Louis Wittgenstein, all the things we see are actually um, 
not the actual story. There is an actual story, as if there was something actually happened out there, um, as if I'm sitting here in in my house and it's true that you know uh, things that you know going on and political political realm or or military conflicts or whatnot. Those are actually happening, and then I see it on the news, and I, I see a thing on the news. Those things are actually happening outside of the news, outside of myself. Um, the films, again, are the most accurate because, first of all, they're, they're the pillars, remember, right? They're the islands, remember I talked about before. But also because they're the most extensive, uh, they're a visual record. Yeah, there are stories written from the perspective of a main character but the details and the, the the both the sound and the text and we get we get the full thing we get photorealistic images things novels are very equally canon when details are spelled out and details are shown and dialogue is shown but we don't get visuals we don't see what things look like uh, we don't don't know what things sound like except for the audiobooks, which well, that's a bit of a. I don't even say the audiobooks may be more canon than the uh, more accurate than the the written books, but anyway, the comics then are somewhere in the middle because they are a visual representation of things, um, and the extent to which a comic and this is this is a classic comic thing, extent to which a comic is. Uh, more photorealistic or more stylized is a stylistic choice on the part of the artist and the um, uh, the storytellers and the, the way of telling the story because <coughs> comics are a particular way of telling the story right? just like any other medium um, and so uh, all that to say uh, maybe it's a good, good so we into saying well first of all I personally prefer art styles that are closer, more photorealistic because I'm invested in what these characters look like. And so uh, that's easier for me to track with the story. Um, I should also say that, yeah, I think I mentioned off the top that 2015 was actually my first time really committing to a series and a set of comics and a set of book runs. Um, and so I've actually, I mean, that's a funny thing, right? I mentioned, how oh, I've been Star Wars. I didn't mention them on the podcast. It's just this thing I've done every Monday or Saturday um, as they've come up. And, and so uh, now it's just part of this regular pattern that I do. What that means is the there's a lot of comics. There's been over, I don't know how many, probably a couple hundred by now. Of in the new canon, uh, number uh, yeah, probably over a hundred. Um, today is important. Well, this past week is important because uh, number thirty-eight of the ongoing Star Wars run came out, and that was that was Kieran Gillen's debut. Um, and this gets at, and the reason I'm highlighting this is because with all these comics, their stories are going to be hit or miss. Uh, those two things, they're just going to be, 
different quality, um, but also they're going to matter more or less to the canon as a, the story going on as a as a whole. And um, and, and, well, and that's not to say that ones that have pertain less to the story as a whole are are less quality. So, for example, one of my favorite ones <coughs> more recently is the one that one of the ones that just finished is, is the the Phasma short. Captain Phasma short run and you know it's 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 basically what happens to her after Starkiller and it's it's actually the first action it's going to go down and of note as being the first action we see uh in between Force Awakens and Last Jedi it's actually the, the latest chronologically we've gotten um but it, it isn't that big of a story. It's just her tracking down some some first order person that could compromise her and all. Um, the but the the quality of it, and, and that's the thing is, a good comic book can grip you and can actually um, <coughs> make you want to turn the page and find out what happens next. And all these things of good storytelling, this Phasma one does that. Uh, one that is universally acclaimed is, is the Lando comic. And that too may not be <coughs> the biggest story, but it really enriches his character and where things are going and ties directly into his story and, uh, from a certain point of view. I really like the Leia comic. There's another five-issue run. Um, the art actually interesting wasn't as photorealistic but we're introduced to Evan Verlaine as one of the pilots at the Battle of Yavin um, and and she's from Alderaan and it's just Leia going around and gathering the remnants of Alderaan and it's, it's this very emotional um, story of of survival of these people they've lost their planet and now they're banding together to survive um <coughs> so and ones that weren't so great <coughs> um the Chewbacca one <coughs> was both a small story it got interesting when the Empire got involved um but I remember not being too thrilled with it and then one of the things I can do is things that are really weird <laughs> like uh a crossover between the the Screaming Citadel and the, is a crossover between the main run and um, the Doctor Aphra comic, and uh, Aphra encounters Luke in the in the Citadel with vampires and Force vampires, and so <coughs> people didn't weren't too crazy about it because it was this kind of gets back to my whole thing. It didn't feel like Star Wars. The whole thing I was saying before about going off the beaten path. It didn't feel like Star Wars. It was more of this vampire genre um i thought it was kind of cool uh it, it it's one of those things that introduces another um uh, another way of engaging with the force that they're building up in the canon a lot um overall uh but it was kind of kind of weird and people getting i don't i don't want to say possessed but i'm just kind of just kind of odd <laughs> um and then, uh, so my favorite, my favorite, my favorite comic ever will be uh, the original Darth Vader run. 
Although the the twenty, so there were there are two Darth Vader comics, uh, going from twenty fifteen, um, by by Kieran Gillen. It was a twenty five page, twenty five book run, um, and it, if you want to know really the main meat of the story between, so most of these comics have been set between New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back, um, obviously the F- Captain Phasma one wasn't. I told I said that. Uh, some others have been set before. Um, the 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 main, if you want to realize, I think the main meat of the story uh, between Emperor, uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, read this Darth Vader comic from 2015 because it, I mean, it shows probably one of the biggest <laughs> moments of the of the saga, in fact, in a comic because of course. Well, we don't we don't get Empire Strikes, but we so it shows where Darth Vader, how Darth Vader finds out who this kid who killed the Death Star actually is. Um, of course, we we get is when Luke finds out who his father is. We have that in Empire. Where does where does Vader find this out? Because he has to have found it out sometime in between, and he goes into how he feels about that and what he remembers about that. And uh, oh my goodness, it, it, it's. A, a direct bridge back to the prequels and a direct bridge forward to Empire Strikes Back and even Return of the Jedi to some degree. Um, and then at the end of this, the 25 book comic, uh, closer to the end, book 23, 24, it, it also, I mean, there's a whole novel called Wars of the Sith about this, but how Vader feels about Anakin Skywalker. And, and of course, what that where he believes that internal conflict is and uh utterly gripping i had to read it read that one over twice um so all that to say what's interesting is now i mentioned kieran gillen so the ongoing star wars run and in my comic and brew i just call it ongoing the ongoing star wars run just called star wars 1 to 37. It was it was interesting and it it got through some things um some things are are Kenobi's journal that Luke is reading uh from from his time on Tatooine and even earlier. Um it, it itself, I mean, 30 37 issues. It itself was hit or miss, I'd say. Um some things were were cool. It was neat to see actually Luke fumbling his way into being a Jedi. Um, we're seeing Han and Leia actually, the sparks fly. Um, I mean, that that was already one of the few earned romances we can see in Hollywood. <laughs> I was, it already was, I'd say, but there we're seeing it even, even more clearly. Um, but it also wandered, especially towards the end, and well, as it introduced some interesting things like Scar Squadron, which is elite stormtroopers. One of them has a lightsaber, <laughs> which is a surprise. Um, different things, but it kind of, especially towards the end, it really was limping along. Um, and my thought through all this is, when are we getting to Empire Strikes Back? When are we getting to Empire Strikes Back? And you know, the, the Gillen's Vader comic did a great job with that. Um, Karen Gillan now has taken over. As I mentioned this before. He's taken over 
the the main Star Wars run. They're specifically tasked with finding a new base, um, which is something interesting. And there's a, a 2014 Dark Horse before it's now Legends. I believe 2014 that set right after uh, A New Hope, and they're already going into finding a new base. And just I guess it makes sense that they need time to regroup and whatnot, and just be as a fleet. And these characters need to get settled into well, Luke and Han, especially getting settled into some sort of rebellion and whatnot, and being part of it. Uh, now they're finally going forward. I believe. I really hope. I mean, I do trust Kieran Gillen what he's doing. Um, and so just tonight I read uh, number 38, The Ashes of Jedi. <laughs> and so they're starting going forward by going back. And going back to the conflict with the partisans and really regrouping. Um, are they going to find out any kind of deeper thing about Jedi? I don't know. But I'm actually really excited about where it's going going forward. Uh, as a reminder, oh yeah, so with all the hype of The Last Jedi, they're still needing to fill out this the meat of this story. They're, they're doing it with comics. Are they going to uh, get to After Empire Strikes Back? I mean, that's one of the one uh, time period where there's next to nothing on is between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. There's next to nothing. I think it was only a few months, but there is space to fill out there. Um, and so, yeah, maybe, yeah, in comics, maybe, probably not, there's not enough time for the, in the live action, maybe the trilogy, I doubt that, but I can see them having, I mean, having a comic. I mean, uh, here, I'm going to bring in a Star Trek parallel <laughs> here. Um, the, so IDW, they had a main, after the 2009 Star Trek, they had a main comic run. Uh, it started off interesting in recreating classic original series episodes, and then they got into um, new stories. That ended with uh, Star Trek Beyond and the destruction of the Enterprise and all that. Since then, and of course, since then, they've actually started, ended that, started a new run called Boldly Go that's filling out the time between and beyond between uh, destruction of the first Enterprise and the building of Enterprise A. I don't know, I'm not saying there's any kind of equivalent specifically timeline things there, but um, I do like the idea of changing, of saying, okay, we've told the story, now we're going to uh, go on. And I wonder if they're going to do it kind of in real time, because it's, well, coming up on 2018, right? In 2015, 2018, that's three years <laughs> between... 1977, 1980, uh, the three years between 0BBY and 3ABY, 0BY rather, and 3ABY where Empire is set, uh, when Empire is set, I believe. So, let's see, I, I that's what I hope, um, because again, the, the main run, it did start to suffer with lack of, where is this going, what's going on, it's kind of dizzy, and now, to make a really tight clear direction 
and and you know Karen Gillan. He's done. I mean, he's still. I think he's still writing the stories for the Doctor Afro comic, which is which is interesting. Wonder if that's going to tie in together. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, and the final thing I'm going to say is my favorite comic, maybe overtaken by uh, the Darth Vader that came out this past year, and the what's really is I mean if, if I love the stories about his beeline to the prequels in in, in you know the after New Hope this is set right after Return of the or Revenge of the Sith uh, the, the premise there is he's going to be completing Order 66 and hunting hunting down Jedi we've seen a list we've checked it twice we know who's there <laughs> uh, at least part of a list I hope, frankly speaking, of making the universe small. One of my favorite toys behind me is uh, Hasbro's Black Sith Starfighter. That's Legends mostly. Um, it's 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 an ETA two, just like you see in Revenge of the Sith, um, but black and a Sith Starfighter. And in Legends, he he doesn't like it because it's too small. But uh, so he ends up changing it out. The uh, Tarkin novel uh, has said that that's actually what he uses. In this comic, he actually is flying some other thing. I hope that's just a shuttle. Um, and I want to, I want to see that ETA two. Anyway, it's going and it is really still wrestling with his identity, his his newfound plummet <laughs> as Vader. Uh, and it isn't as smooth and, and bad donkey <laughs> and, and awesome, awesome sauce, awesome tackler as, as you think. It, it's it's awkward, and he's still hardcore. And uh, we see, I mean, again, more memories of the past. We see his his, his Kyber him bleed a Kyber and get his red lightsaber and. Um, we see it. That's the thing. We've heard, we've heard of it, read about that in books and things like that. We actually see it, and that's uh, really delicious. So, um, hopefully, it isn't him and, and the final first going and wrecking Tar. Um, the first of the new arc. There, it's actually been promising. Going with what Jocasta New has been up to, and um, and so. Yeah, looking forward to where they're going with that. Um, so that, that's a a rundown of. I mean, for the first part of this podcast was a bit of a grab bag, a rundown of where they're at with comics. Um, there are a few. There are things I couldn't mention, of course, but uh, <laughs> there's one set in the beginning of the Clone Wars. That was interesting uh, about uh, Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic. I don't know how I feel about that. Only because, again, it doesn't seem to tie into what they're doing with the rest of uh, what they've released so far. So, that's that's just a passing thought. I'm still going to read it, of course. I'm still reading it. Uh, Maybe they will tie something in. Who knows? Uh, Again, all these things me is always an opportunity uh, not to make the galaxy smaller but to tie things together to show that 
actions have consequences and uh, causes have effects and they were not going to just drop uh, you know, or we're not going to just drop a concept or a character or, or think something comes out of thin air uh, we're actually going to let you be invested let us be they're actually going to let us be invested in things across multiple decades and multiple uh multiple media i mean we're we've been invested in, in luke leia and han and vader and, and them for in r2 and 3po for 40 years coming up on 41 and they see no signs of slowing that down so um we're open to new things uh the comics they can really uh, that's the thing about comics finally last thing they'll say it's it's low cost they don't you know, it takes effort to write, <clears throat> to write these stories and to do the the fantastic art that they do, um, but it's low cost, and so they can afford to take risks like on Screaming Citadel. Let's take some risks of of giving us some more meat. That's that's all I hope. So, uh, so that's my my rundown on on the comics, and uh, I'm enjoying them. I've described it as a completist personality. So I've read every every kind of new. I haven't done any of the adaptations of film adaptations. They're doing an adaptation of the Thrawn novel. It's going to be the first novel they've adapted. I don't know. I'll see. I'll see how I think about that. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed them. It's been a great uh, Sabbath ritual as part of Comic and Brew. Um, you can follow that hashtag on on my instagram um but let me know and let me know what you think about comics have you gone into them are you curious um send me send me a line uh on twitter neug 485 instagram mneug 1138 um and uh, as always thanks for listening and may the force be with you